If there was ever a passage in the Bible that we needed to hear today, it is this one. And it just so happens that it's a passage that we read earlier this week as part of our Bible project. These stories from Elijah and Elisha are some of the most comforting, encouraging, and supportive words of hope in the entire Bible. I mean, long before the book Chicken Soup for the Soul was written, there were these stories from 1 Kings. If you haven't yet, I encourage you to take some time to read these stories, particularly 1 Kings 17, 18, and 19. These are short chapters, but they are packed with amazing stories of hope and encouragement that offer for us three affirmations. Each chapter offers a different affirmation that we need to hear today. And these three important affirmations are, number one, God gives us just enough. Number two, be the hope. And number three, you are not alone. First of all, in chapter 17, Elijah meets a woman who was fallen on hard times. She had just lost her husband, drought had stricken the land, and she only had her son, her only child, to support. And all they had in the house was, was a little bit of meal in one jar, a little bit of oil in another, just enough to make one final bit of bread before she and her son died of starvation. Over the course of that conversation, Elijah asked the woman to do an amazing thing, to take a leap of faith and surrender that last bit of food. And when she did, God replenished that jar of oil and that jar of meal with just enough to provide food for just that day, one day at a time. And when she'd wake up the next morning, there'd be just enough in those jars to make just enough for that one day to take it one day at a time. And that is exactly what God is offering you today. Just enough physical provisions, just enough emotional support, just enough spiritual encouragement to make it through today, and then just enough to make it through tomorrow, and the next day, and the next. God will give you just enough. And then in the next chapter, 1 Kings 18, after a, a fiery face-off between Elijah and the false prophets of Baal, Elijah took his servant up to a mountain and asked his servant to go off into the ridge and stare into the horizon to see if there was any evidence at all that the drought was about to end, to see if there was any evidence of rain. So the servant went up there the first time and saw no evidence and came back. So Elijah sent his servant up a second time and a third time, and a fourth time. And it was only until the seventh time that the servant came back to Elijah and said, I see something off in the horizon. It's a cloud. It's a really small cloud, but it's a rain cloud, and it's no bigger than a human hand, he said. Not much, but enough. Now, what if Elijah or his servant had decided to give up any time after the, the first time or the sixth time, the hope that God offers us requires our persistence and it calls for our participation. The hope that God is giving us right now is not just something we sit back and wait for. It's something that we are to step into 
and participate in. Right now, God is calling you to be the hope for someone else in need, to offer them a word of encouragement, to bring them a spirit of calm, to embody for them God's hope that can be made real for them, to be the hope. And then finally, we get to the story in 1 Kings 19, which is a story that I want to spend just a little more time on unpacking for you this morning, because frankly, it is my favorite story in the entire Old Testament, if not the whole Bible. This story from 1 Kings 19 has gotten me through more tough times personally and expanded my view of God more than any other story in the Hebrew Bible. It's the story that we just heard the Roth family share with us moments ago. In 1 Kings 19, we find Elijah at the lowest point of his entire life and ministry. Queen Jezebel has uttered a death sentence over his head, and so Elijah found himself running for his life right in the middle of the wilderness. He was, in a sense, socially distanced as well as socially isolated. And every emotion that he was feeling in that moment is a feeling that you and I can understand right now. Exhaustion, bewilderment, fear, distrust, skepticism, anger, anxiety, the feeling of being finished. We know he was healing these things because in the Bible, it says that when God asked Elijah, what are you doing here? This is exactly what Elijah said. He said, God, I have been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. For the Israelites have forsaken your covenant. They have thrown down your altars, killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they are seeking my life to take it away. In other words, Elijah was saying, look, God, I have done everything you've asked me to do. I have fulfilled your mission to the letter. I have taken every precaution that I've needed to take, and all that it's left for me is this, this moment of misery. I'm feeling so down and dejected and all alone. In fact, at one point in this story, Elijah says to God, go ahead and take my life. End it now. Because my life right now is no better than the ancestors who are dead right now. And what do you suppose would be God's answer to Elijah? Because I find these next eight verses in 1 Kings 19 to be utterly fascinating. Because these next eight verses are like some massive game of hide and seek. Because every way that Elijah would have expected God to show up didn't work. There are five different ways in this story that God had shown up in the past, but wasn't showing up now. And it was all a way of setting Elijah up for a surprise, for a surprisingly fresh way for God to show up for him in that moment. You might feel right now like God is absent or distant, but maybe God is just stretching you to listen and watch for the new and fresh way that God is speaking to you right now. So here we go. The first thing that God said to Moses was to go up on the top of Mount Horeb. 
certainly makes sense. I mean, God had shown up on mountaintops before. Noah and the ark on Mount Ararat. There was certainly Moses and the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai. So Elijah went up that mountain expecting to see God exactly how he had seen God in the past. But God didn't. Second, God said to Moses to go into a cave. That makes a lot of sense too. When David was running for his life, he found himself in the safe confines of a cave as he was hiding from Saul. Jonah, in a certain sense, found himself in a cave in the form of a belly of a fish. Even Jesus, in a very literal sense, was in a cave for a long time before he experienced resurrection and new life. So Elijah went into that cave expecting to see God exactly how God had shown up before, but he didn't. The third thing that happened was a great, was a great wind. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, after all, the very first thing we find out about God is that God showed up as a, a wind that hovered over the chaos of creation, that, that wind that was also breathed into lifeless dust and formed human beings. The Spirit showed up as a wind when the church was born at Pentecost. So Elijah expected to see God in the wind, but God wasn't there. Then number four, there was an earthquake. I mean, that makes sense. After all, the very same God who fashioned the planets and the stars could certainly shake the foundations of the earth. An earthquake shook the temple when Jesus died. An earthquake shook the prison that Paul and Silas were in that sprung them into freedom. Certainly, if there was any way for God to show up, it would be in an earthquake. But God wasn't there either. Finally, there was a fire. I mean, this had to be the most obvious one of all because it was a fire that led the Israelites in the wilderness in Exodus. Elijah had just seen God in the fire the prior chapter on Mount Carmel when God defeated the false prophets of Baal. Surely, Elijah could expect to see God in the fire again. But God wasn't there either. If you are having a particularly hard time right now sensing where God is and what God is saying to you, then maybe, maybe God is trying to speak to you in a different kind of way, a fresh way that you've never heard before. Not always in the standard prayers that we've uttered from memory, not always in the same batch of scriptures that we read over and over again. Not always in the places or behaviors or times when we've seen God in the past. God, God is not some magic lamp that we just need to rub. God is not some lucky rabbit's foot that we tuck into our pocket. Because if that were the case, then that would make us God over God. So maybe... Maybe this season of social distancing is not only forcing you away from the public, it's also forcing you away from the old patterns, the old ways of seeing God so that you can remember that you're not God. Maybe this mandatory slowing of your life and this disruption of your regular rhythms is actually an invitation to see God in the new and fresh way 
that God is speaking to you right now. Because it was only until Elijah had dispelled all of those closely held assumptions about God that God was able to finally break through to him. The Bible said eventually he heard God in a still, small voice. Or as one translation says, a voice thin and quiet. A whisper, just a bit louder than the noise within his heart. And it was a voice that Elijah could only hear when he learned to silence every other voice but God's voice. And it was then that he could hear God give him the words that he needed to hear. Find God this week in the quiet. I know you're exhausted. I know you're bewildered and frightened, skeptical and angry. Amid all of those feelings, I invite you to create some space in your mind and in your heart and be open to God showing up and speaking to you in a way that you have never experienced God before. And by the way, what is it exactly that God told Elijah in that moment through that still small voice? That's the best part of all. God basically told Elijah, look, you think you're all alone, Elijah? Well, you're not. In fact, there are 7,000 other people that you've never met that you don't know, and they are part of a community that is bigger than you are, and they are standing strong, and they will support you, and they will support each other. They are still faithful to me, and we will get through this together. So there you go. First Kings 17, God gives you just enough. First Kings 18, be the hope. And 1 Kings 19, you are not alone. Over these past few weeks, we've asked you to do some special things. And both of these requests converge in this moment as we conclude this sermon this morning. Two weeks ago, I invited you to join with others in this community in reading Psalm 91 every day for 91 days, all the way through June 13th. And in a moment, we're going to have the contemporary band lead us in a song called Psalm 91, a beautiful rendition that's based largely on those words and other scriptures. But as you're listening to this song and praying Psalm 91, I invite you to watch the screens. This past week, we asked you to take pictures of yourself in the form of selfies, uh, showing you and your loved ones safe at home, or in many cases, going about the business of your day, enjoying nature and being family. As we listen to the words of Psalm 91, watch the screens and hear the very same message that God told Elijah. You are not alone. We as a Hyde Park United Methodist worshiping congregation and all of us in this wider community have each other. Look at the faces Watch the screens and know that even though you might feel angry and sad and alone, you really are not. God is with us. You are not alone. And we will get through this together.
If you're worshiping right now with a loved one, I invite you to just take them by the hand right now. If you're worshiping by yourself, simply take a hand and extend it toward your screen and feel the spiritual connection of people who are worshiping with you right now as I offer this prayer at this time. Oh God, teach us to listen. 
Teach us to silence every other voice but your own. Help us to learn to be still, to listen to our breath, and to hear your voice in it. And in the end, help us to hear your message. Just as Elijah heard that he was not alone, help us to receive the good news that we are not as well. May we quiet our hearts and listen for your thin, quiet voice each and every day. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.